Okay. Good luck. We are now doing Sunday's portion of Parsha Vayera. So the very end of Shabbos' portion was telling us of Abraham, of Abraham, how he circumcised himself, how he circumcised his 13-year-old son Yishmael, and how he circumcised all of the slaves of his household. At this point, Abraham is 99. That circumcision was a pivotal moment in Abraham's relationship to God because that, in essence, moved him to Jew. From Avram, he became Avraham. He moved in a spiritual place where, as God said, you're now not under the stars, you're above the stars. You're not under the controls of this world, you're a Jew. So our portion today begins on the third day from his circumcision, as the first Rashi tells us. The first verse says, God appeared to him in the plains of Mamre while he was sitting at the entrance of the tent in the heat of the day. The first Rashi says God appeared to him to visit the sick. It was the third day of his circumcision, and God came to do the commandment, the biblical act of visiting the sick. Why did God wait till the third day? Many deep spiritual reasons, but the general concept is because we don't visit the sick until the third day of their illness. Could be if God had come early, God's coming would have taken away the illness. And he wasn't supposed to take away the illness. This was supposed to go through a natural process of experiencing the physical pain of the circumcision. In the plains of Mamre, why are we mentioning this in the plains of Mamre? Because we're giving him this honor because he gave Avram, Abraham, the advice on the circumcision. So God revealed himself to him in, in, on his property. And the Torah notes that. Now what advice did Abraham need obviously Abraham wasn't wondering should he do this or not but rather his question was should I do this privately because it's more modest and discreet or should I make this public knowledge to sanctify more God's name by the act that was his dilemma both are good both are godly which motivation should be the priority and Mamre advised him to publicize how he was fulfilling God's commandment. So in honor of that, the Torah notes, he appeared to him in the plains of Mamre. Sitting, now the way the word sitting is written, it's written without a vav. So the vocalization is yoshiv, but you could read it yashav. And I'll explain soon the grammar behind this, but the lesson is that Abraham wanted to Stand, because here the divine presence came to him and God said no 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 you sit and I'll stand and this will be a sign for your children that when they judge they're going to sit and judge and I'm going to stand there with them now grammatically the point is that verbs in the present tense could be spelled with a vav like yoshev or without a vav it's also yoshev but so either way it would mean yoshev he's sitting but since there's no vav, we could read it as yashav, he sat down, which would mean he was standing and then sat down when God appeared. So is he sitting or is he standing or did he sit down? So the point is he was sitting. He was yoshav, he was sitting. But when God came, he wanted to stand. 
And then God said, no, sit, don't stand. So in that way, Yashav, he sat down, he consciously decided to remain sitting as God wished instead of standing as he felt appropriate to stand in the presence of God. So the verse says he was sitting by the entrance to the tent. Why was he by the entrance to the tent? So Rashi explains because he wanted to see if there was a passerby that he could bring him into his house. In other words, the sick would normally stay indoors. And Abraham went to the outside to offer hospitality to any passerbyers, which, of course, this is what Abraham's noted for. He was the human embodiment of God's kindness, and as such, in the desert, he always, always invited people in in, in an incredibly beyond anything we can fathom kind and generous manner. So here he is, so weak, so sick, but he wants gifts. In the heat of the day, now why in the world is this mentioned? I mean, we know it's hot, it's in Israel. Um, But it's included to teach us that God took the sun out of the shield. I mean, he made the sun shine intently to not trouble Abraham with guests, because obviously there would be people walking outside because it's a normal day, and then Abraham would be running around taking care of the guests, and and he's not up to it. So God said, I'll make it really hot so no people will walk. But this is, if you want to say backfire, but because Abraham felt so bad and he didn't have guests, here he is sitting in such an intensely hot day because he wants guests. So God sent these angels in the form of men to be his guests. The next verse says, he lifted up his eyes and he saw, behold, three men were standing before him. He saw, and he ran toward them from the entrance of the tent and bowed toward the ground. This is Abraham so excited because, of course, talking to God is very special too, but he really wanted to do this kindness and welcome his guests, and he sees suddenly three men. So Rashi questions, why we need three angels? Okay, Rashi just said we needed angels. We needed some type of visitor. Why do we need three? Rashi explains one, they each had a mission because an angel can only do one thing at a time. One was to bring the news about Sarah that she would give birth to a son in a year's time. One was to overturn stone and one was to heal Abraham. And because an angel can't perform two missions, that's why they need these three separate angels as Rashi proves at length that in general, in the conversations with Abraham, they, it's always in the plural, they, they, they. But in terms of each one's specific mission, like saying the news about Sarah and overturning stone and healing Abraham, it's always in the singular because each angel singularly did that mission. But actually, there was another mission, which was to save Lot. But the same angel who healed Abraham, the angel of Israel, the angel of healing, went on to save Lot, because, of course, this is a similar style mission. So he finished mission one, healing Abraham, and then he went to save Lot, mission two. And in both situations, again, we see it in the singular. Now, obviously, even if Abraham didn't want visitors, these angels would have come. They, they had reasons to come, as Rashi is explaining to us. But the angels who were coming in any case, came in the form of humans to give Abraham the ability to also 
serve guests. So these three angels were the three chief angels, or three of the men, of the chief heads of angels. Michael came to inform Sarah. Raphael came to heal Abraham, and Gabriel came to overturn stone. Next Rashi on this verse. So he sees them standing before him, in front of him. Now, the reason it says standing before him this way, what really means in front of him, is to speak in a more respectful fashion. In other words, if it said that the angels were over him, it would put the angels if they were on a higher level than Abraham. So not to say that, it says in front of him. And then the verse says, and he saw. So we have a question, because this is the second time the verse says this. Again, the opening words where he lifted his eyes and saw. And behold, three men were standing before him. He saw, and he ran towards them. So why did it say saw twice? So the first saw is, and he means he understood. I'm sorry. The first one is like, what do mean? as we would understand the word saw, he saw with his eyes. The second one means to understand, seeing in the sense of, oh, he sees it, he understands it, meaning he observed they were standing in one spot, and he understood they didn't want to trouble him, and that's why he ran towards them. So obviously the angels knew that Abraham was going to go towards them, but they still stood in their place out of respect for him and to show him that they didn't want to trouble him. And then he went and ran towards them. The next verse, and he said, My Lord, if it please you, if I find favor in your eyes, please pass not from before your servant. You see, he's being really respectful here. The Rashi says, there's two ways of understanding these incredibly respectful terms Abraham is using. The one is, he was addressing the main angel, the one in the middle, but he called them all lords, and then he, which is in the plural, but then he addressed this main guest. And he said, you, please, like so to speak, singular, please don't pass by. Because he understood that if this main guest, when it looked the most important one, he would stay, then the others would stay also. So the term is not sacred. It's not referring to God. It's just a respectful way to talk to people, like to say, my master. Another way to understand this is actually Abraham was talking to God here, which makes sense because he's talking so respectfully. In other words, the first explanation is more literal because the previous verse said he ran towards them and he bowed towards them. So seemingly the words he's going to say are going to be directed to these guests slash angels. The most literal way of understanding it is he's talking very respectfully to his guests and Rashi is explaining why it shifts from the plural to the singular. On the other hand, to be talking like this to these guests, these passerbyers, so the other explanation is that it's sacred. And he was saying this to God, please wait for me. I'm going to run and, and deal with the guests. And please wait for me. Like I'm not like abandoning God here, but I also want to take care of God's commandment and help these guests. But then a person could have a, a complaint against this version of the story and say, but wait a minute. The previous verse said he ran towards them. And this verse is saying that he said to God, wait for me while I go take care of the guests. So Rashi says, 
sometimes, this is obviously a tremendous weakness with this explanation, but Rashi is saying, sometimes the verses speak like this. Events are not recorded in chronological sequence. And we've seen this previously. Other examples, as Rashi gives us a long example from a previous situation, that it was recorded in chronological sequence. Torah is not written in order. Of, obviously, Torah is not randomly jumping for no reason. At the same time, if appropriate, Torah does not follow, does not need to follow chronological sequence. Next verse. Let some water be brought, please, and wash your feet and recline beneath the tree. So, He's saying that let some water be brought. He's meaning someone, some messenger, should bring the water. In other words, Abraham didn't say, I will bring water. He said, let water be brought. So it's implying someone else is going to bring the water. So because he did this, God repaid his children also through a messenger. That God, through the messenger of Moses, gave water to the people of Israel. You, in other words, when they were in the desert, it says Moses struck the rock and water came. So Moses was God's messenger for the water. Rashi doesn't say this, but if you follow on the storyline, the messenger brought the water, but Abraham himself gave them the bread. So God gave us water in the desert through the messenger, through Moses. But God himself gave us the bread. That was the bread from heaven, the man that God gave us directly, so to speak. And wash your feet. Now, why do you have them wash their feet? So he, at this time, still thinks they're, you know, dwellers in the wilderness. And as such, they were idolaters. And in those days, one of the idolatries that people served was they would worship the dust of their feet. So therefore, the dust of their feet was an idol. So Abraham was very careful not to bring idolatry into his home and therefore, whenever he had guests, which he had all the time, he always made sure that before they entered the house, they always washed their feet to wash off this idol. Otherwise, when they'd enter his house, they'd be bringing the idol into his house. And then the verse, the Rashi contrasts it with Lot, who soon, next chapter, will have these same guests, or some of the same guests, two out of the three, and Lot did not take such care in avoiding bringing idolatry into his house. And he first told them to sleep, and then afterwards you'll wash your feet. As Rashi there explains, he was nervous if they washed their feet, and if people came and spied on him and saw, God forbid, he had guests, he could say, oh, they just came. Look, the dust is still on their feet. That's why he changed from the custom he observed in the house of Abraham, which is we don't let people come in with the dust of their feet because we don't want idols in this house. And then, under the tree, Rashi explains it means beneath the tree because the word in Hebrew, eight, could either mean tree or wood. In other words, it might have been taken that under the wood, meaning the wooden beams of Abraham's house. So therefore, Rashi wants to clarify that they're under the tree when they're washing their feet. And that is as far as we're going today. This 
We are not done this section, longer section with a lot of interesting Rashi. 